what we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome. Welcome to The Hustle Sold Separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to all of you amazing people who've been following, who you clearly are exactly what we represent. Outliers and doers and hustlers and CEOs and musicians and producers and artists and just people in around the world that are definitely doing things a bit differently. Uh, you know, you guys have known since the start, I've always preached the, the anti-status quo. Like, look, you got to figure out who you are and what you want to do for you. So you might be misunderstood <laughs> by a lot of people. You might be questioned, why would you take that route? Why would you do this? Why would you do that? That makes no sense. It's not supposed to make sense. I can tell you every guest on my show would, ag- I, w- I would like to assume that every guest on my show would agree with you. I agree with you. This space is very safe here to be exactly who you are. Um, for those of you that are newer, because we're, we're really gaining a lot of traction, even more traction uh, as the weeks go on, the months go on, and the years go on. I'm so grateful, surpassing 5 million downloads. You guys are incredible. My day ones are incredible. Uh, my newer people, you guys are incredible. Give you a little bit of feedback. We, um, we don't glamorize or glorify end success on this show. Uh, media sometimes does that. A lot of times does that in the past, historically. And just in general, I think um, we sometimes look on social media and see that kind of uh, context. It's not the process at all. Uh, success is very arbitrary and it's very individualized to what makes sense for you. And I like having guests come on to talk about their journeys as well as particular themes because it allows us to have a very real conversation about what we're learning along the way and how that's being applied <laughs> and executed uh, into building anything. So we have guests that come on that talk about their first venture, their 50th venture, um, you know, their, it, it could be their industry, their art, whatever it might be. And uh, I'm very grateful uh, to be doing this. Uh, and again, for those of you that are new, I'm Matt Gottesman. You can connect with me on Instagram at Matt Gottesman uh, to find out the other things that I do. If you want to get into the conversation at the intersection of creativity and culture and entrepreneurship at HDF Magazine on Instagram, that's where it all started before the podcast. Uh, at Hustle Sold Separately, you guys know I answer each and every single DM, text, reply, response, you name it, through here, Facebook, uh, the podcast, Instagram, everywhere for the last seven years. I'm pretty good at not missing a message. Uh, one or two may get through, but um, I believe in building community. We are a global community. And you guys, I, I truly appreciate all, all the tremendous growth. So thank you. We have another amazing episode one of the first here of the new year, uh, as you guys know, I've been I, I've been stacking them, and then now um, I'm <laughs> I'm now uh, doing doing the new batch, and I really appreciate you guys being here. Great episode. We're going to talk a lot about brand ownership versus brand sponsorship, and tackling an industry and a company in a different capacity, and it's something that I'm actually very very passionate about, and, and we've got. Uh, Kevin Meehan, he's the CEO of Just Live CBD, and we're going to talk about this here in a little bit. Um, and, and Kevin's going to give, he's got an incredible background. I'm going to queue up his bio shortly, but um, brand ownership is a very big deal for me, and I'll tell you why. Because even as I built out all of my media and 
I was very intentional from the start. I wanted to have ownership, ownership over the art, ownership over distribution. I thought very long-term, Joe Rogan, Gary Vee style, like that stuff takes 10, 20 years when you are building uh, at times. But that's because as you build, you want to have more, I believe, especially where we're heading. I've been saying this for 10 years anyways, but creative control um, and uh, you know investment in yourself, whether that be money, time, energy, whatever that might be, uh, and uh, influence. Your influence also matters as well, and building a community around it and all these things. Sometimes when we just do sponsorships, in my opinion, um, it, it, it has just kind of like this, I'm involved, but I'm not involved, I'm paid, and, and I, I feel like it just has a, a completely different feel, but I'm gonna save that for going on a tear with Kevin. Uh, but uh, as I mentioned, Kevin Mann, he's, the, he's a, our guest, chief executive officer of Just Live. Uh, it's an athlete-owned performance CBD brand, co-founded alongside celebrated athletes. You guys know a few of these people, Clay Thompson, Alex Morgan, Travis Pastrana, Paul Rodriguez. Uh, and he brings over two decades of marketing, sales, and global brand management experience uh, from action sports, outdoor, and lifestyle industries. Makes perfect sense that he's doing what he's doing now. And then prior to co-founding uh, Just Live, he served as the global general manager at uh, RVCA. I'm sure you guys have heard of that very well-known brand and was a member of the executive leadership team at Board Riders. Previously, he was the president of Americas for Volcom and held executive roles at Hurley and Burton. And in his roles, developed and implemented distribution strategies across all channels, including wholesale, branded retail, and e-com, and has created and led proprietary programs, real strategies, and rebranding efforts. So... Again, do you guys see the importance? I just got to say this real quick because I love reading this out loud. Do you guys see the importance of like uh, embracing the process? All of these amazing roles and time has allowed him the experience to build now what he's building with Just Live. And I just had to point that out. Um, it takes time. Uh, he holds a bachelor's degree in business administration, marketing and finance from the University of San Diego. Currently serves on the board of directors for the Surf Industry Manufacturers Association. And he resides in Newport Beach, California with his wife and three kids. Kevin, welcome to the show. I appreciate having you on. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. Great hey, to be here. Hey, absolutely. Incredible background. I won't be able to do it justice with the bio, but I, as I mentioned before the show, the first question is always the same. And it's one of my favorite ones because I, I want you to go on a tear. Uh, I know you had asked about time, but really, I, I, want, I want the audience to really get an idea of this incredible background that you've had. And it makes so much sense to how we're here, but I think it'll just give incredible context. So you can feel free to go as far back as you'd like, but how did we get here? <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question. Although I don't think I can do as good of a job as you did with my, my bio there. I was, uh, I was interested uh, just listening to it. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and it's funny, you know, you talk about going back and through your journey and, and uh, I was on a call last night with somebody who went really deep on it and it took like a half an hour so I'm, I'm very sensitive to make sure that um, I, I uh, don't go over on time and, and keep everybody uh, and give them the, the tidbits of information that they're interested in. But that said, I think it's important that I, I go back a bit and, and um, talk about where I started my career uh, after college. So, you know, it's funny. I went to University of San Diego because I, I had a love of the, uh, of the ocean and the beach. And, and what better place than San Diego to... Uh, be able to study and um, also still be in the ocean quite a bit. So I've always been lucky to, to stay close to the beach and the ocean in, in my endeavors. But when I got out of college, and I think like a lot of people, because I've had a lot of people asking, what do you do after, you know, what do you do with that degree? And I was talking to my dad, who he was an entrepreneur himself and started an um, industrial company and built it up. And 
I didn't necessarily want to go to work for him. I spent my 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 childhood working at the factory, cleaning bathrooms and and sweeping floors. So I, I was ready for something different. And uh, he gave me great advice. And, and he said, um, you know, one of the hardest things you can do probably is go out and sell copier and fax machines. And granted, this is back in the day when fax machines used a roll of paper. I don't know if you remember that, Matt, but there used to be this thermal paper roll. Yes. That was on fax machines. And I don't even know if people know what fax machines are anymore. <laughs> They're gone. They're in a museum. <laughs> uh, so so I, I still, to this day, remember my first cold call when I had to walk into an office wearing a suit as a 21-year-old to ask the lady at the front desk, you know, can I speak to the person in charge of your buying decisions, copier buying decisions? And I was sweating profusely. I was super <laughs> nervous. Um, but in the end, you know, I, I ended up having a really good time. I, I found out that I was pretty good at sales and um, really enjoyed doing that for a couple of years. And then, you know, throughout time, um, over the next couple of years, I, I had some good success in, in that arena and, um, and, and kind of graduated to some medical sales and was doing pretty well for my age. And, you know, had that, that corporate medical sales job when I was 20. I was probably the youngest kid on the block in, in that um, arena. You had your company car, a nice salary, and your expenses. It was a great time. Um, but something happened that changed the course of my life. And um, I was friends with some of the guys down at Surfer Magazine. And one of the guys, uh, this guy Liam Ferguson, who was a good friend of mine, he was running um, sales, and he was going to run off and uh, work for Red Sand at the time. So he introduced me to the publisher, and kind of the rest is history. Although I do remember going back and having to go to have a conversation with my, my father and say, yeah, dad, I'm going to leave this um, really well-paying, secure job to go work at Surfer Magazine. Um, <laughs> I wasn't sure how that conversation was going to go. Um, but again, he gave me some really stellar advice. Um, sorry, my dad's not here. So sometimes when I, I talk about him, I get a little choked up. But um, uh he said to me, and it's something that sticks with me to this day, he said, and my dad, you know, he's, he's salt of the earth from New York, not a beach guy at all. Like he would come down and, and watch me surf wearing black shoes and black, uh, um, she, black shoes and black socks and, you know, trousers and, and wasn't really comfortable at the beach. But uh, he looked at me and said, you know what? It's not very often that you get to go do something that you love mm. and make a career out of it. And so I was shocked. I thought he was going to, you know, tell me to stick with the the, um, the, the safe path. So, I, you know, I did it and I jumped into um, the, the surf industry. I sold ads for a while. I, I had a, I grew my career there. At the end, I was the group publisher, surfer, snowboarder, skateboarder, powder bike, um, and had a great career there for 10 years and um, got to learn a, a lot about marketing and sales because, you know, at that time, all the, the industry was exploding. And it was growing again. And the new brands like Volcom were coming into play. Hurley was jumping into the market. Um, you know, Quicksilver was flourishing. A lot of new shoe brands were coming up. So it was in, in surf, you know, was this counterculture, you know, um, fashion forward. It was leading trends. So um, I got to sit with, I had the, you know, it was probably the best education I can ever get. And I, you know, it doesn't matter how old I am. I'm always trying to learn. So I got to sit with leaders of all these companies and be involved with their their strategies because at the time the magazines were a big part of it and you know how am I going to reach consumers and we would strategize on what their their goals were and how we could use the magazine and our platforms to make those happen. So you know I got to sit with Bob, you know Bob McKnight and you know I just walk into his office and chat with him 
who was the um, founder, CEO, one of the founders and CEOs of, of Quicksilver back in the day, you know, Bob Hurley, um, Richard Wolcott, um, Pierre from Etnies or Soltech, like all of these guys um, over the years were my mentors. Um, and, and really, Bob Hurley, Bob McKnight were, were two of the guys that really took me under their wing and, and helped me um, along on my on my um, career path. So am I okay on time? Oh, you're doing great. I had, I'm taking some notes. Um, at, oh my God, the synergies. Keep going, man. I'll, I'll share with you after you keep, keep going. Hey, cut me off if it gets too long-winded, okay? No, this is, this is actually really, really great. And I, I, it's made, it, it resonates with me on a different level, and I'll explain why after. Keep going. All right. Thanks, man. Um, so, all right, where was I? Okay, so I, I was in media for 10 years, and um, I really enjoyed it. Um, loved media. It was back when print was king. I had some of the best times of my life working with the likes of Jeff Devine and Tom Survey and Sam George and these guys. I mean, the stuff that went on in those, you know, back in the day, we used to have slideshows to pick the covers and they were in the dark room where they used to still develop um, the, some of the, the negatives. So it was it was a really cool time. Um, but I, I was there through the, the dot com boom um, when a lot of other things were launching and I, I stayed there. We were acquired multiple times as our group, uh, bigger media companies. And finally, I said it was time for me to go do my own thing. And, and start launch my own media company. And so I approached, you know, my mentors in, in, in the industry and said, hey, would you guys support me with advertising? And they were going to support me. Then Bob Hurley um, called me up and said, I got a better idea for you. Why don't you come run my sales? And I, I said, well, Bob, I, you know, I don't know anything about selling apparel. And he, he, he's super insightful. He just said, look, I don't, I don't need you to know about selling apparel. I need you to know how to build relationships and you can do that. So that, you know, that, mm. that was my next my next journey, right? That was another big turning point for me to jump onto the brand side. And, um, you know, through that, like every, you know, you mentioned the places where I've been and I've, I've gotten the, um, you know, firsthand experience of getting to work with Bob. Then from there to work with Jake Burton and I mean, Jake was incredible in the way he tested every single product that came into that company. He would wear it. I'd go to his house. We'd sit there and we'd talk about the outerwear and which pieces he wore what works, what doesn't work. It was amazing. He'd wear all the apparel. Um, so I learned a lot from him and, you know, I, I carry a lot of that to this day and the way he involved athletes, same with Bob, all of these guys, athletes were an important integral part of our businesses. And not only from just driving the image of the company and creating the community, but also for fine tuning on products. Burton was a great example of how, you know, Jake involved the athletes in um, the product process. And there was big meetings, every, you know, multiple times a year where they were brought in and treat like, treated like royalty, like they should be, mm. because they know the product better than anyone else. So, you know, that experience with Jake was was incredible, um, and his friendship and mentorship was amazing. You know, and then you you, you jump over um, to Volcom and the guys there with Richard Wolcott and Jason Steris, and what I learned, and and the amount of retail and you know the distribution experience I got working with with Ruka and the the team, oh, I'm sorry, with, with Volcom and the team on, you know, both brick and mortar and e-com. And it was as the, the e-com world within fashion was really starting to expand. And so we had to manage that distribution between wholesale because all of the, the, the brands were, were mostly wholesale brands. And so you had to kind of um, remap yourself on how you're going to service the consumer. And it's all about the consumer at the end of the day, right? Letting them access your brand they, the way they want to and have the experience the way they want it. So how do you, how do you remap that when you are mostly wholesale and have your, your brick and mortar stores 
and your your e-com business and manage it the right way so that you can have that great customer forward experience. So, you know, with Volcom, that was amazing and working with that team. And, you know, the other thing that I've been fortunate about is all these companies, the people and the teams that are around me, not just the founders, but the people that worked next to me and with me and for me, were all passionate about these brands. They all believed in them. And, and when you have that in the community that these founders, that's what I could see, like these guys could build that passion and these, these um, employees would follow them, you know, anywhere. And, and so I think that it's incredible. I think more brands like that have been built out of the action sports, outdoor space than, than virtually any other industry. I think there's really brilliant people within that space that sometimes don't get the credit for what they've built and how many brands and, and the connectivity they've built. So then, you know, there was the Volcom thing and it really helped me understand retail and expand my, you know, my knowledge of the consumer and how to service them. And, and then I had the, the great experience to work with Pat Tenori and some others, um, both on the Ruka side and, and the board rider side. And um, from a global perspective, because on Volcom, I was the Americas. And then back at, um, uh, at um, Ruka, I was global again. So taking that same idea of consumer centric and distribution models and being able to bring that to life on a global platform um, was amazing. And then as the world turns and, you know, I had my, my third child when that was coming, it was, it was time for me to kind of make some decisions. And, and um, I started looking at, you know, different ways where I wanted to do my own thing. Cause I've always jumped in and either help rebuild brands or, um, you know, jumped into brands that were already established and helped grow them, um, get them back on track. And so this was an opportunity. I wanted to do something that was my own. And I, had some other things that were going, but then uh, I was approached by, you know, my partner in this, this deal now within just, just live Steve Ruff about, you know, CBD. And um, quite honestly, uh, I mean, to be candid, I, at first I, I kind of gave it to Heisman. I said, no, nah, that's not my deal. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the same way I did with Bob Early when he said, come, come work with me in apparel. Um, he, I, I said that, I don't know that space that well. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't know about it. And, Quite honestly, it seems like there's a lot of people and and there's some shady characters and some things going on in that space as well. So I, I wasn't uh, jumping or chomping at the bit, but Steve convinced me to have some conversations with the athletes because they were passionate about it and partnered with him. So the first one was Travis Pastrana. I got on a call with him and this is just pre-COVID um, before we were having these conversations. And Travis was so adamant about how CBD has not only saved him, um, but also saved his dad's life and how he's passionate about um, Nitro Circus and having his athletes not on opioids and, and, and giving them an, a, a natural alter- alternative um, to pain management and recovery and everything else. And he was so passionate. It really caught my, my interest. So I started using some of the product and sampling. And then the next one was Alex Morgan and she used it differently. Um, she used it for you know, muscle recovery so she could get back on the, the field quicker. Um, wasn't necessarily for pain management, but for muscle recovery um, and also for, to calm down after matches, she talked about like, you know, it was one of the only ways she could calm down and her passion about it really, really caught me as well. Because like I said, everywhere I've had the, you know, the privilege of working, everybody's passionate about what they're doing. And so I felt that right away and felt like this is something I want to be a part of. So I really dove into the industry and figuring out, okay, well, what's, what's this industry all about? What's the opportunity? I went to fact or went to the factories, I went to farms. And this is all again, right before COVID. So I got the ability to get out on the road and see and learn quickly 
and recognize that there's a giant opportunity to create a community within this space that didn't exist um, built off of the backs of these athletes who are passionate about it. Um, and, and I, even though it was a crowded space, I felt that there was white space when you're coming at it from the angle we are. So that's how I've ended up here. I was way longer than I anticipated, Matt. And I probably left some stuff out and put more in, but I think that gives us a, a, a foundation. That is an incredible baseline. I, I have so much uh, I want to say. First of all, uh, my apologies to the listeners. I meant to say Ruka in the beginning. Uh, I was reading so fast that I was just like, uh, yeah. So I just wanted to make sure to say that back in the beginning. But uh, So, hey, but just on a funny one on that, Matt, and there's other brands like this as well. People don't pronounce the names right, or and, and there's some really famous ones. And we went through a lot of discourse on and arguments but should we do a campaign around making sure people can pronounce it the right way the most calls that we had, we got from customer service were how do you pronounce it mm. um so it, you're not alone well and and i've so i've heard both and and that was one it was one of the brands that um i've always admired and just never really um i think i only own like maybe one or two pieces of apparel uh and it was from years ago and but and i've heard both and um but i the, the <laughs> reading fast that was it's funny that i i did that and uh but i but i want to let everybody know like ruka is what we're talking about here <laughs> so um but um you know first of all uh i i, I want to um just extend to you um my um uh my gratitude for you sharing about your dad i lost my father uh well excuse me he passed about a year and a half ago and um that man was my mentor and my best friend and my um like biggest supporter when everybody thought I was crazy for having like these out of the box thoughts. And he's like, no, I love it. Like I support you. You should, you should run with that. You should do what makes you, you know, you, I mean, this man was like a New York lawyer guy. He was like, don't become a lawyer. And I was like, well, looking back, maybe I should have at least for business, but <laughs> it's just like, exactly. he was, he was very much like, don't like go chase your, your life, like go find yeah. it. And, um, and, uh, so I, I, I hear you. Um, I connect with him every day. And I mean, the man is still leading me. I've had some of the most crazy miracles happen since his passing. And that's why I say I didn't lose him, but I appreciate you sharing that. Cause it's, um, cause that man is everything to me is everything to me. Uh, and, uh, and I, I get how you feel. And I just want, I wanted to connect with you on that too. Cause I was like, Ooh, I know how he's feeling. I'm like, I, I'm feeling him right now too. Cause I'm, I'm sad. Like I, but I'm happy because I, I, I connect with him often. Um, and I, I'm sorry to hear that. And that's, that's really recent. Um, the good thing is they stay with us forever. Cause oh, yeah. my, my dad passed when I was 32 mm. a bit Oof. ago. And, um, you know, I, it's funny, man. I, I, I still think I can have conversations about him and, and, um, it's just weird how it sneaks up on you sometimes. And I wasn't expecting it to sneak up on me there, but it did. And yeah. I'm okay. With it. Um, they're with us forever, man. Yeah, no, they, they really are. Um, I, uh, I mean, I, I, I owe so much to that man. And so I, you know, and, and just when I was, I mean, there were times I was really like, I am so confused right now. <laughs> he would totally ground me. Like, I don't think you're really as confused as you think. <laughs> you know? And I, I, those, I carry all that. So I, I really, I connected when you were, when you were saying that. Um, and then I, I really, there was just a, a lot of interesting things that you were bringing up, like when you were going to say no to Hurley and you're like, you know what, into Bob Hurley and you're like, yeah, I don't sell clothing. I never sold clothing. I don't know. Or um, with the CBD. And I was thinking how it's funny. The things that we say no to are also usually our calling. And a lot of times are our calling in some way, um, almost like these beautiful kind of supporting characters in our lifetime. Like, 
have you looked into this? Like, no, no, no. Like, are you sure? Because it's going to just kind of keep popping up one way or another until you, <laughs> until you, you know, realize that this is part of your journey. And, um, and I just thought it was cool. But at the same time, I also think it was cool that at a time that you were about to go into your own thing, that Bob Harley, her, Bob Hurley said, you know, come over here and do this because think of, I, I was listening to all the different roles that you played. Well, ultimately the only role left is going to be the owner of a company and, Hey, isn't it great to, I would say you can't delegate what you don't understand. Well, you actually got to go through the media and distribution and marketing and sales and manufacturing and retail and wholesale and, you know, all of the different things that now you're like, well, here's how I would, I would probably approach this. And then of course you have all of the relationships and, um, and direct access to, you know, in this case with the product, learning and understanding the data, uh, I'm a huge CBD advocate, um, and uh, and seeing all that it's done and, and actually how it's affected my family. So I, I get that. It's probably for a conversation offline. And then, um, but you, uh, and then what you were saying about customers and allowing them to have access to you, um, it's, and I think you've been very blessed to be a part of these brands that really embraced community before it was the thing to do. And it was really like, no, we stay at the ground in, you know, the activities with all of them, having them test product, be around them. Um, and I think that really paved the way for a lot of other industries to be like, why are these brands so successful? And it's like, cause grassroots is part of already who they are. And it's, they're not trying to be anything but that they're not, it's not this kind of corporate you know, type of, a, of approach. It's uh, very, um, you know, customer centric and product centric to the people that are already doing things or, you know, and so I, I just, I really appreciated hearing that um, because I think that that's what <laughs> all companies, all brands need to, to establish. So, uh, there was a lot in there that you were saying. I just, I wanted to kind of, um, uh, bring some of those, you know, to the forefront. You know what, you know what, um, and, and the, I still don't think we, I do a very good job of being consumers and customer centric. I think there's a lot of work, you know, even what we're doing now and what we've done. But the one thing you just said that, that struck me is that, and I remember is that, you know, when all these brands were growing up, the founders and the owners, they were the customer. Yes. It was very easy for us to, to, to go, well, this is what I like. This is what I'm going to do. And that's where you see a lot of these smaller brands popping up right now. And I think it's great. I, I love it. And they're, they're just doing what they love. And that connects on a, on a real level with the consumers and it builds this community. It's a real thing. You know, I don't people throw out on authenticity and that word gets, I think, overused, but it's just real. Yeah. And, and I think that resonates when you're when you're building a brand and building a community. And, you know, just with even with, with Just Live right now, just because we've got these you know high profile athletes and then we have another 10 athlete investors um, that span into snowboarding, mountain biking, skateboarding um, and, and so on and, and to other cultures. And it doesn't happen just by bringing them together. It's how you or putting them in a company. It's how you engage them and, and make them a meaningful part of the company and the business. And I'll tell you what, I would have been shocked by, not shocked because I've worked with athletes over the years. They're, they're becoming very good business people and mm -hmm. smart because they've known that they, Hey, they have this, this, this time they, they they've got to, you know, um, capitalize on it. And, they're passionate about what they do, but then they also are smart enough to go, I'm going to make my business around this as well. So when I sit with these guys and girls, I learn from them as well. I'm like, holy cow, like Paul Rodriguez, perfect example, sitting with him, Travis Pastrana, like 
their understanding of where they're going with their, their brand and their business is, is amazing. So I've, I've learned from all the athletes as well. Um, I don't know. I'm sure where I was going with all that, but it's just, um, it all, it all dovetails together. The last thing I'll say that, sorry, um, that you brought up is every point along the line, I think with my career, I've had this thing in the back of my head where, you know, before I was, you know, I ran sales at first at, at, at Hurley and then, then marketing. And, and then Jake asked me to, to run analog and grab us globally. And there were smaller brands, but I'm sitting there going, I, I'm not ready for that. And this guy, Dick Baker, who was running OP super, um, he's a big mentor to a lot of people within, um, fashion and, and action sports. And, um, he just kind of looked at me and said, this is the next, this is the next, um, step in your path and, and kind of walked me through it. So I, I've never felt ready to jump into the next thing. I've been super nervous and feeling like I'm over my head. Yeah. And I've always told this to people, I'm like, if you don't feel like you're over your head, you're not pushing yourself. And it, it always works out. Like there's a reason you're getting offered that, or you're getting that, that opportunity, put yourself in the situation and just rise to the occasion. Mm. So true. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I had no, I, well, I can't say I had no idea what I was doing because I have 20, 20, 21 years of, of digital background experience, all things from hardware to software to front end UI, UI, everything. Um, but really digital strategy in, in business. And I remember when I, I first took to the airwaves about seven years ago, um, I didn't necessarily know what I was doing, but I started just speaking to the world and the world started speaking back. And every time they were like, you should do this. I'm like, nah, I'm not doing that. Like you should do this. And I'm like, maybe I should listen to y'all because you're all following me. <laughs> you know, it's like, you should do the podcast. I'm like, I'm not doing a podcast. I'm like, I, I'm busy. I got work. I got consulting. I got all this stuff. Like they're like, do a podcast. I'm like, you know what? I'll do a podcast. Fine. And then, so it's, it's interesting again, what we try to sometimes, um, avoid, <laughs> even yeah. though, even though it's, it's like, no, I'm telling you, stupid, you know, like not you, but like me, like I'm telling you, like I'm I'm the angel of you, like telling you like, hey, by the way, there's a sign here, you know, something to think about. Yeah, uh, for it, sure. Um, uh, I, I, and by the way, I really like a lot of, a lot of what you're saying with the, um, now I get what I mean when you said way back when we first showed on the, um, on, on, uh, before the show and you're saying I'm very lucky. I, I'll say this, you're very blessed because, um, What's cool is you were surrounded by people throughout your journey that did things differently, um, and were and the space was always very open and honest for you to work. I'm not saying that there wasn't ever any politics, but by being in very um, non-conformist brands and very kind of like we're always creating in the market and being a, you know ahead of where things already are than what is normally the thing to do. Um, and then also having to be very close to the ground within the people, you know, like you said, they were all, all the CEOs, they were, they were the customer. So yeah. that is an incredible way to learn and grow because the space was very safe for you to do that. Cause not a lot of, you know, big brands sometimes allow that. It's like, you make a mistake. You're like, Ooh, why'd you do that? And like everybody throws each other the bus and it's like, <laughs> oh, you know, I, I've never been corporate, but I've been a consultant to these like massive brands, you know, where I come in and I like, help them do everything digital. I'm like watching them sometimes you're like, wow. Oh, you guys, you know, uh, so leadership, I, I, I can imagine how much leadership you've, you've learned. And then when you were saying that, um, um, how you approach the athletes, well, let me back up the authenticity. I, I feel you. It's a word that, you know, now gets thrown around all the time, but I feel like it should have always been there in the first place. I've even had a CEO ask like how to do that. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? Like be real? 
Like just yeah. talk to the people. But I get it. Perfection society. Don't get anything wrong. You can't ever let anything look a certain way. Um, and uh, and I remember um, just just to converse with you on this because I love what you were saying. I remember I was I was talking to the chief marketing officer of uh, Krug Champagne when I was doing a, a digital with them. We we're all in Champagne, France, and she says this is when they were starting to move digital, and they go, well, "What if I'm you know." what if like somebody says something bad online about us? You know, I was like, well, first of all, it's hard to with you guys. But uh, I was like, give me an example. Like, well, what if they like said something really negative? And I'm like, you know, I was like, honestly, include them in the decision-making process. And so I'm sitting around the CEOs and the owners and all this stuff. And they're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, in a digital world, it's very simple. Hi, I'm so sorry you didn't like that year. Some people prefer this year instead. Maybe you try pairing it with this um, meal um, I would be curious to get your input on that as well, too. And again, you know, um, we're, we're here for We love hearing feedback and we're a community. And I was like, now, what did you get? A repeat purchase, somebody who felt seen and heard and in front of tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people and somebody that looks like they care because they actually do. You're authentic. And I was like, and now you got a brand ambassador for life. Yeah. I was like, I was like, and that is what digital does. Yes, <laughs> and they're like, 100%. oh, you know, they're like, oh, oh. And I'm like, yeah. I was like, it's just authenticity. I'm like, it's what you, I was like, you would have done that. I was like, I watched you. You would have done that in, in person. Right. Uh, and she was like, absolutely. Now she's the chief brand officer for Audemars Piguet. But it's like, <laughs> and I had her on and we were talking about that. I was like, it's incredible though. When you look at, I was like, you've always been authentic. Digital just allows to amplify that. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, you know what? The digital space, I'm learning every day. Um, it's a, it's a crazy space, uh, and it, it's such an important space in today's day, yeah. right? Yeah. The the digital space, like you were saying, you're just bringing up. I mean, it's such a it's such a good tool, but if you don't use it correctly, uh, it, it can yes. kill you as well. And it's critical yes. um, in today's day and age with what we're going through. Um, so right. no, so so true. You know, it, it's a remarkable, unbelievable tool. And there is such a huge responsibility with it. And I know so many people are in a rush for the numbers like everything else. I did everything organic. And I tell people all the time and I tell brands, I'm like, trust me, do it organic. And I'm like, yeah. because two, 3,000 followers that are also your customers. I was like, what's yeah. your average product? And they're like, oh, well, you know, the average customer you know, over the course of the year is about, you know, $345. I'm like times 3000 customers. Like, yeah, I'm like, do the math. <laughs> That's like, and you can lean out some of your operations if you're highly systemized in your delivery. Uh, you know, we, I, I work with like a lot of, we, we have marketing and sales automation agency. I, I turned my consultancy into an agency and, um, I, but which brings me to the thing that you said also too about putting the people into the company and a meaningful part of the company is how you said it, making them a meaningful part of the company. I thought that that was really important because, um, I find that involving anybody that's in the company, leadership is, hey, what are your needs? How is doing this endeavor fulfilling your needs? So I taught them like as if I was in partnership, like as if I was in a marriage with them. I was like, how does, how does this being a part of like what you believe in, but also how it's fulfilling wherever it is in your life that you're, you're having needs and what are those needs and, and that this is serving that and that you in some way are a partner to what we are doing. Um, and I, so I think it's incredible when you said that, you know, how you involve, um, others into the company. And, and I, again, I think that this, that come, I would like to think that that just comes from your background of how you were raised, uh, you know, in business, uh, to be all inclusive. 
Yeah, I think so. And I think it's because of this, you know, just the the nature of the businesses and the size of the businesses I've been involved with, but they're, they're very inclusive and everybody who's, everybody's passionate about the product. Everybody's passionate uh, about the brands. So it just comes naturally that, that um, everybody's involved. Uh, you know, it can become, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? It, it, uh, it can slow things down at times because everybody has an opinion mm-hmm. and, if you open it up too much and then you can't, you can't lead by um, group, uh, group decision at a certain point. And I've had, I've gone, I've struggled with this um, over the years because I, I like including people, but at a certain point you just have to make decisions or you're yes. never going to move. So true. So there's a balance, right. With leading, getting the input, dis- you know, dissecting it, deciphering it, um, kind of weeding through it and making the best decision and you know who to lean on when you when you do that, and then but then you got to move, right? It just can't sit in limbo. Yeah, so it, it is it is a balance. It's taking in um, data and feedback from others involved, but also being the leader of of a lot of the decisions. Um, but it, it, it's it's an interesting. I think that's actually a very interesting balance. Um, I, I remember we had the the former CEO of. Um, uh, not Lockheed. I'm gonna. But anyways, uh, you know, on here and he was saying that he went into meetings and he would say, "I some a lot of times I knew the answers." He's like, "Because you know, I'm constantly staying on the ground to understand what the answers are." But before I ever come up with total solutions, I want to hear from everybody else first. I want them involved in some way or another. One, either to be heard, or two, because they might actually alter slightly some aspect of the solution that allows me to lead. Um, both inclusively and um, as their leader that they're looking to for the solutions. <laughs> and I thought that was a, is a very simple but very powerful and effective way of making sure, hey, everybody's heard. But, you know, um, and I thought about some of these things, but I like what you did over here. Let's have, let's maybe also include that too. It, it just makes people feel more a part of the growth, the actual, the, the process in total, whether, you know, they affected it or not with what you decided. Yeah, and I think... Um... There's, there's different ways to look at it. I think you can try to do that, but unless you really believe it, I, I think it doesn't come across the right way. Like, honestly, I'm, um, I have to push myself to, because I, I, I'm really, um, I think I'm more uh, built to work kind of on my own and just uh, <laughs> yes, do my deal and mm-hmm. kind of run. So, you know, uh, from a leadership standpoint, I, I have to continually push myself to get out. And you know, I love like you know, mixing it up with everybody and, and, but I have to make sure that I get out of my bubble and, and recognize I'm not, um, I'm not communicating. I'm not a great communicator. Let's just put it that way. Um, ask my wife. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I have to work on that all the time. And I think that that's one of the important things is we always have to being self-aware. And I don't know if I'm really fully self-aware, but, and in pushing ourselves on on the things that we're not that great at, um, and that part for me is, is is making sure that I am communicating. Otherwise, I'll just go into my bubble, and you think you're doing it, but you're not. Um, so you have to, especially if you want to have that type of a atmosphere where you're involving people. You got to make sure you're following through. You've got to make sure you're, you know, bringing it back to them and showing where their involvement's being brought to to light. Um, it's it's work, but it's super fun when you do it right. I, I love I love the vulnerability of you sharing that. It's very true. I would say entrepreneurship is a um, you know a direct uh, 
access to immediately getting um, a course in uh, self-awareness <laughs> and everything else because it's like it, it, it'll just drive you right into it. You almost have no choice. And um, and I like that you were sharing, sharing that how, um, you know, you're used to doing things by yourself uh, and, and coming up out of that. Uh, that was something that I, I noticed in now building a team my way versus what I used to just source the teams for the, uh, when I was just kind of like the solo artist, if you will. It is. It does. It does push you in new ways of thinking things of like draw, drawing on previous experience and seeing what you liked and didn't like, and then also kind of forcing you into these um, new places that aren't always. They're they're uncomfortable, but that's where all the growth is, and it's like and it's so it's it's very fascinating to watch the type of decisions that are coming up out of that um, when the roles are reversed and you're the one now having to make those those decisions where you didn't have to before it was sort of like oh i'm just a complimentary and i'm executing and i'm doing this for you <laughs> and then when it's really really your own yeah. um yeah it, you're right it, it, and it's interesting to come up out of that and like i, I need to delegate that and like, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know and, and and it's funny to have the team be like matt we love you will you please let us do it for you and i'm like all right, can I at least do the Q&A quality assurance? Like, can I be like the head of design um, on everything that goes out? But like, okay, Mac, you do this and I will, I will prove it after I look at it. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I got you. I'm like, all right, and bear with me. I am letting go. <laughs> you know, so. It's tough, man. It's tough. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> but, but um, that's, um, the beauty of also having people around you that you know that are there to support and, and but it's definitely interesting when you're like man i'm like there's self-reliant and then there's also just like dude you need to let go <laughs> like in certain areas and and again i and i say well you know what okay what do i want to delegate um i obviously understand this how would i want it done and then let me, and, and there's no perfection. There's no uh, anything. We already know that. So let's work hand in hand with each of these different people in these different departments to, um, you know, say, hey, like, how, like, how, like, let's work in tandem somehow, you know, um, and this is a process for me too. <laughs> so, so I get you for sure on that. Um, when, you know, I wanted to ask about launching a brand during a pandemic. Yeah. Um, you did all of this research before, uh, you know, going into 2020. Um, thank God. And, um, you know, when historically, when there have been crises times have also been some of the most innovative, uh, mixed with a whole bunch of other stuff. This was definitely a new historical time. Yeah. <laughs> we'll leave it to that. Um, but um, from a launching a new brand in the marketplace, <clears throat> CBD, you already talked about the market. Yeah, there's and <laughs> there's a lot of different players in that market. Um, and, there's, uh, you know, there's good players and there's a lot of not so good players like in any market. But this one, you know, is it's an interesting one. It's still the Wild West in a lot of ways, still growing. Um, mass, yeah. Massive, massive. Um, uh, you know, uh, uprising, what's going to happen over the next so many years. Um, I'd love to hear kind of how, how it's been for you guys in, in doing this launch during this time frame. Yeah. You know, I want to touch on something that you said there. Mm -hmm. I firmly believe that this is a great time to launch new companies, new brands, Absolutely. because you can, you can build it from the ground up mm -hmm. knowing where, you know, 
where things are at now and where they're going to be going. Yes. Not that we all know where things are going to be going, but, you know, kind of this new normal and, and how you, you know, reach and service the customer. I, I think it, it's, um, there's great opportunities right now to start fresh. So um, I know a lot of people are nervous about jumping into things right now, but when you look at history, great brands and companies have been built out of tough yes. times. Yes. Um, so uh, look, I'm, I was very excited to do something new, even if it wasn't in this space, I was excited about doing something new at this time. Now, uh, I was actually, before I was made the decision to do my own thing prior to the, the pandemic. So um, I, consumer consumer habits were already changing. And so I was excited to start something within that realm. And this is a, sped it up. And But in launching, I got a couple months under my belt to be able to go out and visit the farms, the factories, uh, understand the process, meet with different vendors, customers. Um, I had some time to get out there. But man, it was difficult when things shut down because once we we you know we were up and running and we were going, um, then you know we had to do creative and capture that creative. We had to build our our campaigns. We had to um, test product, um, and it's really difficult to to do when you can't get on a plane or meet in person. And so you really had to start thinking out of the box of how are we going to launch this? And we had you know, depending on when we were going to launch, we had different campaign ideas and the way we were going to get about it. But, you know, you can't bring, you know, we couldn't get to Alex to shoot her in Florida. And it was really difficult to get anybody to even come shoot anything. Hmm. Um, so you kind of had to think differently about how you were going to capture content, because I think that part of being and building this community is, is capturing these guys and girls true feelings and um, position on the, on what we're doing. And, and so that was really difficult. Um, we got there and I think, um, you know, I think we'll continue to evolve that. And, and I had a conversation with a guy the other day who helps advise us and, you know, he's, a, he's looking at it that the way you capture content is way different now yes. and how you go about it and how, what you need it for, what quality you need, everything else. So it was, you know, that's, that's all changing. And, and then the other part that was difficult is we're, we're really passionate about bringing um, all natural high quality, products to the marketplace. And I would normally go to the factory and watch the process and we couldn't do that. So, um, we, it took us longer to get where we wanted to because of all these factors, you couldn't just jump on a plane. You couldn't just meet somebody in person. So there's all those factors. Um, we got there, we, you know, we FedEx the samples and you, you get there. And, um, so I think that those were all difficult hurdles to overcome, but they're all, you know, you can overcome. It just takes you longer to get there and you figure out a path. Um, that was one thing. The other thing is, you know, and I know we're moving into a new normal and I have a lot of conversations with different brand leaders around this about what, where do you end up? Because in a brand creativity and innovation are critical. Mm -hmm. And I, I know I'm old school and I know that some of the kids can do it better, but through zoom and through all these things, I feel like you lose some of the emotion of what happens when you get a group of people together and you're really vibing and, um, you know, brainstorming and, and building out ideas. I, there, I, I don't think you can replace that. Um, the, the magic you capture when you have all the people in a room. So when you're launching a brand and you can't put everybody in a room, it makes it really difficult to get that vibe going. Um, so that was, that was tough. Um, but now, you know, we, we were able to work at a way where 
you know, we're really spaced out and we get together in a really safe environment and, and have those meetings. I think that that always has to be a part of innovative, creative brands in the future is, is face-to-face meeting because there's, I mean, it's even like the off, not even in, in the office, it's the off, um, off campus or off out of the office things where you're drinking a beer and you're, you know, you're at the beach or you're, you know, whatever you're doing and, and you're just, you're just like vibing off of each other and, and building these ideas like that part to me is the, is the most challenging part through this whole pandemic is having that face-to-face interaction, human kind of interaction um, to help build innovation and creativity. Um, we've got around it, but I think it has to be a part, um, a part of everybody's plan in the future, not this just completely remote. And I could be wrong and old school, but just pure remote offsite. I think that you stifle creativity and innovation. I completely agree with you. I've been a techie my whole life. I'm 41 and I still, uh, maybe, and I think I'm in a sweet spot of an age where, um, because I remember time before it and, uh, and a time after it. And, uh, even as I have always connected with brands and I always said that technology is beautiful leverage. It still needs human power behind it. You need both. Technology is the leverage that allows us to, you know, scale and communicate and thrive more than ever, but you still need connectivity and you still need face-to-face and you still need people operating the things. You can't just turn a switch on only. I mean, some things you can, obviously, and that's a different conversation for a different time, but like, but I, I, I firmly believe you still need face-to-face time, um, teams and, uh, events and groups and, and all that stuff. And, uh, I'm a big advocate for ensuring that that does happen in the, in the future. Um, I, either, I, I really don't believe we will only be a Zoom society, no matter how many different ways that's painted right now. Um, I, you, you need face-to-face interact. We're human beings <laughs> at the core. Connectivity and in-person is, is necessary. So I, I firmly agree with you on that. I think a lot of people actually do. Um, so... I'm glad you bring that up, though. Yeah, you know. for sure. I, I, big, it's a, I'm a big advocate for that. Yeah, you know, and so, but it, but it's interesting. Yeah, you know, um, some people, I guess, don't realize uh, sales, especially when you're dealing with a product-based business. Like, yeah, of course, you can do DTC um, in this new age that we live in, and, and e-com and, and all this beautiful stuff. But there's so much more that people don't realize like behind the scenes, especially when you're dealing with brands and you're dealing with athletes and you're dealing with events and you're, um, you know, and you want to go face to face and you want to talk about the product and you want to like implement them into the the activities of different companies or in your case, athletes. And there's so much I think sometimes people take for granted not knowing like we still need in-person activities always, <laughs> you know, for, you, I mean, I'm a big advocate for digital and, and D2C and, and all that, but um, and I know we can drop ship if we need to. And we got fulfillment centers, you know, in different beautiful locations that, you know, but, you know, uh, I, I, I definitely can uh, relate to what you're saying about, you know, it's interesting during to, to launch during a, um, a pandemic and, um, you know, still be reminded of like, hey, but we still want to be a part. Like if we're creating community, it's not just in a digital world. It's also in a physical world. Right. Um, yep. So, uh, you know, well. Okay, and then I I wanted to also ask you about this too um, with the brand. So, you know, there's so many routes CBD goes um, and there's so many health benefits that are happening with it. 
um, as I know you've been learning and, um, and I, and you guys are very, it, it seems like you're very niche specific, which we know that that wins the game, um, niches. Um, but, uh, so I wanted to ask you about that, like your focus on performance and recovery and, um, you know, uh, and the, the demographic of people that you go after, cause I, obviously it helps all people. Um, absolutely 100%. Um, are you, but do you, do you find it, you know, best marketing practices for now <laughs> where you're saying, you know, these are the benefits that we're focusing on. Um, and this is our demographic here. We welcome and celebrate all, which I, cause I love like a lot of the messaging on your site, you know, uh, for, you know, peak performance, not really just of like, it's not really of, um, sports, it's of your life. Um, but how's that been for you? Like, how, do, do you find that that's been very, um, beneficial to, to be like, Hey, this is where we're niche specific, even though we know all the benefits of CBD. Yeah. Our, our, our whole perspective on this, if it, if it works for athletes, it'll work for you. Yes. So we're going after the active consumer, but there you go. If it works for Travis Pastrana, who's broken everything in his body, <laughs> sure as hell is going to work for you. Um, and that's the, mm -hmm. where, where, where we're going and we want to get out there. Um, so it's not just for athletes, it's, it's for, um, you know, uh, everyone. And, but we have to start somewhere because if we try to attack the entire market, I think we'll, we'll fail. And I've had a lot of people hit me up. It's like, is that too narrow? Is that too narrow? I'm an investors. And I'm like, it's not in my opinion, and I could be wrong. Um, but I feel, I feel like we need to focus. Otherwise you start chasing everything. So we're focusing and going to be best in class there. And then that grows um, as more people become familiar with who we are and what we're all about. Absolutely. Well, uh, you made two very, very good points. Number one, you, I, I mean, take it with a grain of salt, but I 100% agree with you. Um, the niches have always been where, um, you know, the, the establishing of, of a brand in the market uh, start your early adopters who are in alignment with who you're catering to, and then the trickle in of, of those that come after the early adopters. You know, I think Apple is probably a pretty good example of that back in the day, <laughs> but but you're absolutely right. And then the second thing I thought it was really cool that you said, which is true, is if it were for Travis Pastrana, who's broken every bone in his body, like you're a walking testimonial. <laughs> you know? So, so it, I, and I, I, what I like about that, just thinking from a marketing perspective is, um, because a lot of times you get people like, oh yeah, you know, it works for, you know, healing and bruising and this and that. And, and you're like, yeah, but you, you know, I, I would love a living testament to that. And it, what better way to say this man is constantly, has constantly broken something, um, from the exact field he's in. And let's like, look at what it has done for him. And I think that that makes the context so much more for the consumer to be like, yeah, okay. So it's got to be pretty powerful. <laughs> like it's got to, it's got. And I hear I'm just uh, complaining over a bruise, <laughs> you know. Well, you know, it's fun, and, and it's and it is for everybody. Like, so well, exactly. I wasn't a big CBD user before I jumped in, and I mm. tried it for different things. And but you know, as I've learned more about it and learned the science around it and what it helps, and I've you know, I, I'm a big believer in trying everything that we bring to market. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're our test dummies, um, and I've, I've tried every product. I've tried samples of stuff that we are bringing to market and you're probably familiar with this, but starting a business, I don't sleep very well. Um, <laughs> some of that's age too, because everybody, and some of it's the environment we're in right now and what's happening in the world. And so it's just your brain. Uh, and sometimes it's relevant. It's related to how many glasses of wine I have before I go to bed. It wakes me up at three in the morning. 
Um, but um, try not to have those in January. So, um, <laughs> but what you know, I, I started using it for, for what ailed me because I've always you know been active my whole life. My body's pretty broken, and so I use it topically for for things. But then mm-hmm. you know the thing that I wasn't aware of that really helped me when I wake up in the middle of the night. I have a tincture next to my bed. I'll take a dropper. And it settles my brain down enough at three in the morning that I get back to sleep within 30 minutes. And that's what I've been telling all my friends. And so I know that a lot of the things in CBD we can't claim right now. Um, but, you know, what we can talk about is how it does work for me. And mm-hmm. so that was one of the, the things for me to be able to jump into that is to be a believer and, uh, um, and, and believe in the product. Uh, and use it myself. And and so I've, I've found my path on how it helps me. And I think it's, you know, about everybody figuring out what it helps them with in their lives. So what do you guys have coming up next? Um, look, we're focused on next is important, but now is really important for us. We just started. And, and so next is perfecting what we're doing. I don't know if perfecting is the right word but really dialing in what we're doing and reaching our consumers and dialing in our product and bringing better products to market. Um, we do have a path to what's next and what we're going to do in our business, but next is tomorrow. And it's executing on what we need to do to drive the business today and build our community. Amazing. I don't, that's maybe not the best answer, but we have to focus on what's in front of us um, before we can talk about what's next. Absolutely. What, um, where can everybody find out about you guys online right now? Like where can they connect with you, be part of the community, website, yeah, social, Instagram, all of Instagram, just live. Uh, um, and then also just live.com. You can learn about our brand, all the athletes, our products. Uh, I think it's probably the, the best spot. Um, we're on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. <laughs> we we're all, all, all the right spots, all the right spots. And, uh, and just live.com. Correct. Yes, justlive.com is it. Awesome. Um, well, I tell this to all of our guests. Uh, you're welcome back on any time because it is a journey-driven podcast. And six months now, a year from now, can look very different, uh, God willing, very good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so you're welcome back on. We can talk about an array of new topics and what you're realizing in the growth of Just Live or, or in anything that you really like from a business or life standpoint. Uh, and I really appreciate having you on, man. It's, it's, it was an incredible show. Yeah, man. Great to meet you. Thank you for having me on. Um, enjoyed it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sit tight. One second. We're going to just end here. Everybody listening, please, if you guys get a chance uh, right now, justlive.com. Check out Just Live on Instagram, Facebook. You guys will find it. Uh, connect, reach out. You guys already know how I feel about the subject matter, especially with CBD and uh, this is an amazing product. So please connect with, with Kevin and the team over there. Uh, again, I appreciate each and every one of you guys for tuning in. Five million plus downloads, the ratings, reviews. It means a lot. Thank you guys truly for being on uh, you know, with me on this journey. And uh, for my amazing guest, Kevin Meehan of Just Live CBD, for myself, Matt Gottesman, and for the Hustle Sold Separately, we are out.